Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And we are around this table just sharing life, laughing. Oh my goodness. I saw a report the other day that said for every angry moment that you have, it takes five hours for your body to get rid of all the negative things that happen to it. But if you're laughing, the good things that happen to your body continue on for 24 hours. So Rachel, I think you and I have got, you know, we've got at least a year's worth of good stuff that are going to hang on. Just from the last 30 minutes of laughing we've done, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, I know that when you have a, a something stresses you, your body releases cortisol and all these stress hormones that make us like, I, I just know the cortisol makes us um, pack on the belly fat. Um, it's a nasty thing, right? Right. So I think we need to have some humor and some laughter. And so here's, here's my, my topic for the day. I know that when we are talking about folks in the Bible and we talk about, you know, how we perceive ourselves against those characters in the Bible, sometimes we don't feel like we measure up. And so today I want to just kind of talk about uh, maybe some folks in real life and some folks in the Bible that also didn't feel like they measured up. And, you know, I'm talking about Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. (laughs) (laughs) He literally did not measure up, Lou. He literally did not measure up. (laughs) He did not. Bless him, because I'm five foot two, and and I always say, and a half, because when you're my, my height, you need every little inch that you can muster up. So I get it. I get what he went through. You know, but as a man, that had to be a hard thing in life, you know, just to be known as the wee little guy. Yeah, as the short guy. I'm five Mm -hmm. foot two and a half as well, Luann. I also stress the half. Um, I had a friend just yesterday, we were um, working out with our trainer and um, they were telling me that I was um, uh, overly shortened. That's what they kept calling me, (laughs) overly shortened. I'm vertically challenged. Yeah, well, that's the that's the proper way to say it. They were saying overly shortened, um, and then my husband plays basketball a lot, and he um, he wears glasses in in normal life. So when he plays basketball, he has these. He calls them the rec specs. They're these, you know, they're glasses that are made to be worn during physical activity. So they're not going to break if they get bumped and that kind of a thing. But sometimes when he gets bumped, you know, with an elbow coming down from the basket or whatever, sometimes the the glasses will just sort of hit in such a way it leaves a little cut um, or it might leave a little bruise Um, so whenever you know he comes home from work and I see he's got like you know some sort of black bruising around his eye or whatever I'm always like oh did you get in a fight you know I know it's from the basketball right but this is this is our thing I'll go oh did you get in a fight today and he's like yes somebody was calling you short (laughs) He says it every time. We do this every time. So uh, apparently uh, several times a year, he, he has to fight somebody for calling me short. 
Uh, <laughs> so I kind of get Zacchaeus, right? I kind of get the, the wee little man thing. Although, you know, I think it's worse to be uh, a short uh, male than a female. It's kind of more acceptable for the female to be short than it is for the, the male to be short, right? Absolutely. And, you know, here's, here's the whole point of today's topic around the table is that throughout our life, we may get teased or ribbed about things that can then shape who we think we are. And I know that growing up, I had um, names called to me like I was called pork chop cheeks. Okay, so I'm just going to say it out loud. I don't normally tell people that, but people would call me pork chop cheeks. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew they always laughed afterwards. So it's okay now. I'm okay with my healthy cheeks. But, um, you know, when we're growing up, a lot of things are said about us. And so then it's what do you do with that? Do you let it define you? And or do you turn it into a teaching moment? And one of my favorite shows on television is the Chip and Joanna Gaines Fixer Upper on HGTV. I just love the fact that, number one, they're, they're Christian and they don't shy away from that. They, they openly let people know their faith. But Joanna, when she was young, she was... Uh, her half Asian, her mom was Korean and her dad was Caucasian. And kids at school made such fun of her that she had a hard time feeling like she fit in. So much, in fact, that she sat alone in a bathroom stall at lunchtime to eat her lunch because she just didn't know how to process what people were saying. But I love how she turned it around. She turned it around with her own children and she taught them a lesson and said, look, wherever you go, there are going to be people who feel left out. There are going to be people who feel ostracized and feel like they're not part of the clique and they don't fit in. Whenever you see that happening, I want you to imagine them being your mama because your mama was that person. And I want you to go over there and let them feel like they are welcomed into your world. Sometimes, particularly in childhood, but even throughout life, when we look different than the crowd, right? Either because we're a male who is short or because we have a different skin color or because our eyes are shaped different, or because we are at a different body weight, um, all, all kinds of things. We, we, maybe because we don't have the money to buy the, the clothes that are popular right now. All of these things become points upon which we are made to feel uncomfortable, like we don't fit in. And um, it's such a sad thing because, you know, God is no respecter mm. of persons, meaning none of that matters to God. Um, it's, it's just such a shame that we get so hung up on what we see that we don't really see. It's so true. You know, there are so many uh, opportunities that we each have in our life that, uh, you know, there are people that we're going to meet every day that maybe don't fit into our 
our template of the friends that we hang out with. Now, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of church friends, some at my own church and some at churches that I've visited or families' churches. They have kind of a clicky way of hanging out. And I think that we all unintentionally do this at times. We kind of have our template of what we kind of say, okay, God, I want to surround myself with this person, this type of person. They're upbeat. They're smiley. Like, Rachel, I love, love, love hanging out with you because you get me, first of all. You know, you, you get my quirkiness and you love me anyway. But there's something about you that just draws me to you. But I can't say that about everybody. And sometimes God really convicts my heart. And he says, I want you to notice that kid in the lunchroom right there. I want you to pay attention to that one that doesn't quite look like the template that you've arranged in your brain that, you know, is maybe fun and outgoing like a Rachel. They're not like that. They're they're shy and they're pulling away and they don't feel like they measure up. They don't feel like they live up to what other people say and do. So I need you to stop it, Luann, and focus on that one that's over there. And then go make them feel like they're part of my family. You know, I have a very distinct memory from middle school. I want to say sixth or seventh grade. I'm not sure which. Um, It may have been sixth grade, our first year, where kind of multiple elementary schools came together in this middle school. So you didn't really know everybody, and you didn't know everybody in your classes, and that was a time when friendship groups were in flux again, right? Because people got sent to different schools and whatnot and um, so it was probably sixth grade but I I remember this um, day in the cafeteria I can picture it in my mind's eye this one corner of the cafeteria and um, this this girl named Donna that I had been hanging out with a little bit we had some classes together she was not popular Um, she was not unattractive but she wasn't one of the quote pretty girls she was super sweet and I really liked her and we would talk on the phone sometimes after school and I had made the cheerleading squad which put me now in the in the realm of the the popular girls or the quote pretty girls or or whatnot and I remember standing in the cafeteria that day about to sit down with Donna where I had always sat um, for the short little time I'd been in in middle school and a couple of the cheerleaders came by and said Rachel come sit with us I distinctly remember that day feeling like I had to choose and a part of me wanted to go with my newfound friends on the cheerleading squad but a part of me it was that same thing that voice that you were just describing in your head said Rachel don't leave Donna in the dust this she'll she'll this will be a defining moment for her if you walk away right now um and so I said, thanks so much for the invitation. You know, I'll, I'll join you guys one day soon, but I'm sitting here with Donna today. And I sat down. Now, 
Donna and I didn't, we were not best BFFs, best friends forever, you know, by high school. I, we, you know, we weren't in touch anymore. Um, so it's not that I, you know, we were best friends, but I distinctly to this day remember that day and that choice right there. When we look at the characters in the Bible, like poor little Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, a wee little man was he, you know that he had been made fun of his whole life. And he was taking a chance, trying to find a way to see Jesus because everybody in front of him was blocking the view. The interesting thing about Zacchaeus is that he was very influential. He was, I mean, we know that he was a Roman tax collector and the tax collectors were kind of notorious because they weren't super well liked by the Jews because they collected money for the Roman government. Um, but he, he was one of the most influential Jews in the tax collecting business in Rome, the Bible tells us. And the Bible also tells us he had become very rich. So he had done very well for himself, despite the fact that he had, was probably disliked or teased from, from childhood if he, he didn't measure up. And, you know, you see this sometimes. Sometimes the people who are um, really persecuted, uh, it creates a strength in them and they go out and they become quite successful. Sometimes that's called the Napoleon complex, right? Who was also also a very short man who becomes very determined to be right. successful. Um, so, you know, so this was not a, you know, he, this was a man of intelligence. This was a man of power and prestige and money, but he still had that short stature and, um, where he had made his success was in a business that also failed to endear him, uh, to his countrymen, right? Nobody wants the, the tax collector to knock on their door. Absolutely. And, you know, again, it makes me think of Joanna Gaines and her story, because she said, you know, a lot of people thought that I was confident, but it was really me masking my insecurity. And you got to think that uh, Zacchaeus was probably a lot like that. A, a lot of times people are masking their insecurity by doing other things like becoming wealthy and, and taxing people. That, that had to give you a sense of power. But here he was, Jesus is coming through town. And, you know, there's got to be a lot of talk, a lot of rumbling going on about this guy that's doing all these cool things. And he wants to check it out. He wants to be part of it, but he doesn't quite know how to get to him. And then he climbs the tree and, and there Jesus spots him and says, okay, he looks up and he says, come on down. I'm going to stay at your house today. You know what I love in that part in the story is that he calls Zacchaeus by his name. And that's what the scripture tells us, that when Jesus looked up, he called him by his name, Zacchaeus. You know, I think that that might be, I'm just speculating here, noted, because I have a feeling Zacchaeus was rarely called by his name. I have a feeling he was called other names, not so polite names, not so nice names. He had probably earned some not so great nicknames. And so I just love, I love that fact in the story where um, Jesus calls him by name. I love the idea of Jesus calling me by name. I don't know, something, something about it warms my heart. Well, and not only that, but Zacchaeus knows that immediately God knows who he is. He, he doesn't he doesn't just say, hey, you in the tree, come down. He knows 
who he is and he knows everything about him. And from that moment, I think Zacchaeus's life was a was changed because this man who was doing all these great things stopped everything. He hit the pause button on life. He hit the pause button on his journey through town and he stopped for Zacchaeus. And at this moment, there was something inside Zacchaeus that was saying, wow, wow, this man finds value in me, not because of what I can do, not because of who I've been with my mask on. He finds value in me. And and I want you to hear that because God is searching for you today. He is looking and he's saying, I don't want you to hang on to those things that that you've been called in your childhood. I don't want you to hang on to the mask that you've been wearing. I want to call you by name and I want to come in to your house and I want to show you how life can be different from here on out. And God wants to do that in us so that then we can turn around and do for others the way that he's poured out into us. What a great example of this wee little man that he was probably called that throughout life. I hate it that we we wrote a song about that for poor little Zacchaeus. But, you know, it, it just emphasizes even more that we all have those things in our past. And we can choose to say, okay, God, I'm going to let you take that awful thing and turn it around so that you can do some good with my life. It says in the scriptures that although Zacchaeus is super excited, the crowds were not happy. The crowds that witnessed this, they're saying, what is Jesus doing? He's going to be a guest in the home of a notorious sinner. This is not right. (laughs) They're like not having this. This is not the way the story plays out. The good guys don't associate with the bad guys. (laughs) That's interesting. That's human nature too, right? For us to be like, what? You can't hang out with him. It'll sully you, you know? How many times we've heard that along the way, like that will uh, hurt your witness. I've heard people have told me that that will hurt your witness. And my son, uh, when he was in high school, went on a mission trip, an inner city mission trip. And they were doing a sidewalk Sunday school for this uh, low-income neighborhood. And they were working with all the kids. But my son kept being drawn to the corner. And they were told to stay in the group. But my son kept wandering over to the corner. And he was about 17 at the time. And... Over at the corner, there were drug deals going on. And my son kept going over to the corner. Now, I wasn't there. I heard about this afterwards from the leaders that went. And they said, AJ made us a nervous wreck. We kept saying, you have to stay with the group. You can't go over there to the corner. And he would listen, but then he would be like his mama. And he would do what he felt God was calling him to do. 
And as many times as they reprimanded him for it, he kept being drawn to that corner. And by the end of the week, there was a 19-year-old young man who was dealing drugs. And every day, my son would go over there and talk to him about Jesus. And he said, but you don't understand. There are eight kids in my family. I'm the oldest. And this is the only way that I can make enough money to help my family. I hope that I can get them out of this neighborhood at some point. He had developed a trust with my son. And my son looked him in the eye and said, that is a lie from Satan. He wants you to feel like you have no other options, but you do. And I'm here to tell you that God loves you. And he wants you to understand that he's got a better life for you. And Rachel, before the end of the week, my son called the leaders over and they prayed with this young man to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And that young man then turned his life around and made an impact on his entire family and his neighborhood because my son saw this boy the way Jesus did. And how, how God is calling us to do the same thing. Jesus shows us that example. And he asked Zacchaeus, hey, I want to go to your house. And no matter what all the other people were saying, about that and you can't go there there's that's a sinner you can't be around that you might lose your witness other people in the church may wonder what you're doing it didn't matter jesus went anyway and then the rest of the story is even more cool yeah because so zacchaeus is like so blown away that uh, that Jesus has come, it just Jesus's presence and just feeling seen and 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 welcomed and wrapped in grace by Jesus causes Zacchaeus. He stands there and he says to Jesus, "I'm going to give half of my wealth away to the poor." He was very rich. I'm going to give half of it away to the poor, and if I have overcharged anybody on their taxes, which he knew he probably had, mm-hmm. I will give them back four times as much. So it's like just this just being welcomed by 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 God <laughs> turned Zacchaeus's heart around, turned his life around and um, then he was able to bless others very much you know like you were saying with this this young man that your son was witnessing to. You see in Zacchaeus you see both repentance and restoration restoration, right? I'm going to make it right. I'm going to give back. I'm going to I'm going to give twice as much and then I'm going to give four times as much. And and here's the bottom line. Jesus then wraps this story up with something that we all know, we've heard it a million times in sermons throughout our lifetime that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And so when you think about those that are in our communities, in our families, in our schools and churches, maybe even our our grocery store neighborhood, those that are being overlooked, that are ostracized, that don't really get the attention of anyone. When we look at them the way Jesus looked at Zacchaeus that day, we can say, Lord, help me to seek and save the lost in your name. Help me to see them the way you do. 
I like the image of Jesus sitting down with me in the lunch table, right? I like mm-hmm. that image of whoever we are, Jesus sits down with every single one of us. Mm. I love it. And so this week, the charge is let's go, let's seek, let's find the people who are being ignored, who are being overlooked, and let's be Jesus to them. Hey, may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Are you looking for a way to maybe spruce up your quiet time? We've got something for you. If you just simply visit us online at encouragementcafe.com for a gift of any amount to the ministry, you'll get a awesome devotional coloring book. Infuse your quiet time with a little color.